This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You're just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. World, welcome in to Moneyline on a special March Madness edition in studio with none other than the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday. Happy tournament. Lots of action going on, man. We have all kinds of stuff to get to today. I was about to say too much action, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> this is what the degenerate gambler out there, myself included, Hopes for, waits for to have four or five games of action going on. Now the first round is gone, and now we uh, the games have gotten the slates gotten smaller. But hey, one game back to back after another. We saw that yesterday. We get that again today with the Houston Cougars on the slate later on. Yeah. Enough time for you to get a little sauced up, a little bit of time to build up the bankroll, and then we're gonna come in. We're gonna smash it. I got a big bet on that game. You might be surprised what it's gonna be. So go ahead and. Uh, Tune in the rest of this show. We're going to be dropping bets all throughout the show. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us. And now we got the text line option. up. So if you want to text at 713-780-3776 instead of calling us, we can do that as well. No doubt about it. Get your questions in there. This is the time of year. It's like Santa Jerry. You know, this is where you give out all the picks. You make everybody some money. Big game tonight with the Cougs and the Buckeyes. So we're looking forward to that one. Why don't you tell everybody? You've been on fire, man. Tell everybody what you've been up to with your picks. 30 and 11. Woo. So far, this tournament up about 73 units. $100 unit betters up about $7,300. 73% the number. We hope to continue that. Now, those numbers, they are unsustainable. You know, there's average to the mean. So I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, we're going to keep that up. But hopefully we could keep above, say, the 60% average. And yeah. that, that, that's more than enough. But before we even get into the show, Behind the Glass, rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday. Cam! What's up, players? Good to be here again. Good, man. How's your bracket looking, Cam? He answered for both of us because yeah. that's exactly where mine's at. Man, I was telling Josh in the elevator, you know, I had a really good first day. I went 13-3, and three, and then the, the second day is when it, when it kind of slipped when I went 11-5. and five. So, you know, I'll, I'll take 24-8 and eight right now, um, especially since I, I have all but just one team uh, left remaining. Um, but, yeah, there's no way I'm winning any type of any type of, of money. But, you know, this is what you want out of March Madness. Secretly, you know, low-key, we, we, we kind of want to see these upsets, and we want to see our brackets um, in shambles because then that means you're getting a good tournament. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it. It is what it is. Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm just kind of looking at mine right here. And, you know, we do one here with the company. And it uh, looks like I'm at least in the top 10 with my bracket out of everybody competing. So I still got a shot at some prizes. So we'll see how the rest of it goes. Any, any big takeaways, anything from the tournament just in general uh, this year? Anything that's jumping out to you? It's just 
it's crazy tournament. You know what I mean? But you see, it, I, I posted last night. I put a post and I said, th- those beautiful lights in Vegas, they stay on from perception, public perception. And when you fall in love with, with something and you l- overlook what, what the important factors are, then you can get in trouble your, with yourself like Murray State did. And everybody was on John Morant. Uh, like they should have been, triple-double in the first game, came out there and blasted it. But then going up against a Florida State team that that had length, I had a couple message, uh, private messages, a, a text message from friends asking me, hey, man, is this, you know, should I be riding John Moran? He's getting points. Everything led you to believe, like, wow, John Moran, he's getting four and a half, five points. Let's do this. They got blown out. Why? Because the other team had depth. They have length. One, uh, It's college. Don't get me wrong. It's a March Madness. You see Steph Curry blow up this tournament before. But when you have a team that, that's rounded and, they're, and they got depth, and how many times does the Florida State defense see a good player uh, compared to how many times does John Morant see a defense on the, on, the, on the level that Florida State's on? I would take Florida State having the advantage there, and that's what you saw. Now, some people would say, why didn't you bet the four and a half or five then? Because I was scared of John Morant. So I told myself, I need to go out and see what's going on in that game, and I'm going to go from that. What I saw early was John Morant and them, they came out and scored a little bit at first, but they were running up the court way too fast. Florida State's a team that usually slows it down, but they were running fast, meaning telling me that they didn't, they weren't scared of that defense of Murray State. They they knew, hey, let the kid get his, if he, even if he does, which he didn't. He had a bad game. But even if he did get his, then we could keep up because that defense is bad. So Florida State was creating ball, uh, misses, getting the rebound, and just running up the court. The first half team total quickly moved to 44 and a half over and we hit that uh I, we played it within the first commercial break they they flew over it they had 50 at halftime which is a lot of points in the college game but everything told you like you have to watch these games and know what you're looking for is florida state going to try to slow the game down so john morant doesn't get that many possessions or are they going to go the other route and say hey let's let, let's just run with them because i know our offense can score at will and whenever we want to we'll slow this thing down that's what happened they blew them out it was never close yeah, I mean, it finished it at ninety to sixty-two. <laughs> so, Imagine that. Yeah, big. That's that. You're right. That's that's a lot of points in a college game. And then if you look at it from a Vegas perspective, whenever you woke up, seventy percent of the bets were on Murray State. <sighs> Those lights stay on one more month. Man. Luckily, uh, I had a Florida State there in my bracket, so I got that one right. Nice. I didn't fall for the the trap there. I will say, uh, getting back to the Cougs, I thought, you know, a little bit of worry with them coming off the loss in the conference championship game. What would they look like? And, man, they just came out and slapped Georgia State. That was nice performance. It was one of those games where early on you're like, man, this is over. So nice to see the Cougs come through. And whenever – you go to handicap something like last weekend we stood up here and I'm sorry, Tyler, that called in. He remember he he wanted the pick and I, I showed you that parlay. Yeah. Remember, I had a two thousand dollar parlay going. Uh, Cougars cost me that for about twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, I thought they would win that game. I thought they would bounce back. But my 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 thinking between that was it was going to be a slow game. The, the Cougars have played this team. They beat them before. Uh, they're they're, uh, they're a model of what that team wants to be. OK, they went out and they had a bad shooting game which that's what can hurt them. Coming into this tournament, Georgia State, they played Cincinnati last year, ironically, in this tournament and lost by 15. So then I say, if, if, if my handicap in the conference championship game was that 
Houston is 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 a better Cincinnati, then let me go back and look at what happened in that game. What happened in that game? Cincinnati turned them over. Cincinnati made them shoot under 30% from the three-point line, and they out-rebounded them by 21 rebounds. So then I go to look at where these teams are this year. Houston out, had the biggest discrepancy in the first round in rebounds. They out-rebounded Georgia State by nine. So you're like, okay, something seems familiar here. How does Houston defend the three? Oh, okay, something seems familiar here, under 30%. So what makes you think that this game was going to play out different than that? Then you get a highly motivated Houston team against a, a Georgia State team that plays thin. It, everything added up to Houston getting in front and running away with it against a team that runs slow. That's People ask you, man, how do you handicap these games in March Madness? Like, where do you, Tempo and offensive defensive efficiency is where I start. Obviously, it's the simplest thing to look at, but you you tell yourself if a team is ranked inside, say the top thirty in the nation in, in defense or offense, whichever, but their tempo is ranked say bottom thirty or top thirty in tempo, then you say if they uh, say for example a good defense top thirty and but they run a slow tempo on offense against an on, an offense that runs fast. Who's going to win that? The defense got the advantage, so they're going to slow the game down. They're going to dictate where this game goes, and that's where you get your handicap. Uh, Kansas Northeastern. Northeastern was getting bit 70%. Everybody and their mom said Northeastern was going to beat this bad Kansas team. A Northeastern team that got 40-some percent of their points on three-point shots, they jack shots. When they're not hitting them, they lose bad. Then you look at Kansas. They have more length than what Northeastern is accustomed to in that conference. So what happened here? Northeastern wasn't hitting. Kansas was getting rebounds, and they were running for their lives. Blowout. It's simple if you look into it. Don't feed into the word sleeper that died uh, years ago. You know, like whenever we come up on sleepers in, in fantasy football, this sure. is the football by the time it gets to the draft, there's no sleeper. Like no. that sleeper, there's a guy that's going to waste his 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 eighth, ninth, tenth round pick on that guy, on that sleeper, on that sleeper tight end that that just went to to a different team. You know, it, that's just the way it is. And the word sleeper is so overrated. Don't think that Vegas doesn't know that that sleeper is 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 coming. Those bets. Don't think Vegas doesn't know that. So, just a. A little rule right there of, of how to approach these things. Don't don't read into what the – if you would have – after game, day one, if you would have watched ESPN, all you saw was John Morant triple-double, John Morant triple-double. They feed it to you. They feed it to you so you go up there and you're like, yeah, John Morant getting five foot points? Are you kidding me? Well, no. no. It's the information age, right? Like everybody knows about everybody now. And it's, it's kind of that way with, you know, fantasy football too. It's – the average fantasy player is a lot more informed than they used to be, you know, five or ten years ago. And it's the same thing with March Madness. You know, people keep up with this stuff a lot more now. And March Madness is is it's madness for a reason. That's, yeah. uh, uh, will we ever have a perfect bracket in our no in our lifetime? No, no, no. I, I see our uh, R.J. Bell post something, and I don't want to say it wrong who posted, it, but it's supposedly if someone fills out a bracket. Uh, I think every like 10 minutes or something, it would take like years, like years to, to you could wrap the brackets around the world, the papers, uh, X <laughs> amount of times. Every year you hear that crazy stat coming out. Uh, every company's losing X amount of dollars for employees uh, <laughs> doing this. And it just every year you hear this stuff. But again, it attracts us to the madness. It's a tournament. It's a it's a one and done thing. And it gives you the it gives you an image that anyone can win on any given day, especially with Virginia losing last year. You came into this year thinking, man, I saw one. Be to uh, sixteen, be to one. It can happen again, but these numbers are 
there for a reason. Those yeah. lights are in Vegas for a reason, and and we keep depositing on these books <laughs> for a reason because the numbers are sharp. So be careful. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, that's what makes this stuff popular, right? Fantasy football helps the NFL and, and the brackets. It, it makes college basketball more interesting. So, and that's what we're here for, guys. Money line. We're a gambling show. Jerry's going to try and make you some money today. We're up against a break. But make sure you stick around because you're going to be cashing some more money with Jerry Bo's picks. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. Then backing it up. Hey, back, back, backing it up. Throw that sh- over here, girl. That's what it's for. What you know how to go and get a bag, don't you? You know how to make a bag, don't you? Make your ex want to get it back. That's a fact. Say a lot of for the in the back. Hey. I know how to go and get a bag. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Back. Back, backing up the bread truck. 713-780-3776. Welcome back to Moneyline. At Moneyline 97.5, at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Clutch City Cam. My man Hector on the phones getting ready to, to put up the podcast on time so you guys can go back and listen to it before tip-offs in case you miss anything, in case you're you're on your way to church or and you're listening and you say, man, I, you're telling the wife, I, I need to listen to this last picture. Boy, if you don't get your your butt up inside this church and bless, but I'm about to bless us throughout this this whole show at random times. I'm gonna be dropping some picks seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you're out there listening, I posted on Twitter. Anyone who calls in today, if you're listening and you want my whole card, the one I give out this private place, call in right now. I'll give it to you personally. I want to put some money in your pocket. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jerry's been on fire with the tournament. And, man, you're, you're starting to get a lot of radio love, too. I heard you on uh, with Granado and Raheel and Dell the other day giving out some picks. Jerry said, you know, take U of H, and that came through. It, he's been on fire, so get over to his Twitter account. Keep listening to the show. We're going to be dropping picks throughout the entire show. We're also going to talk a little bit of kind of some news over the last couple days. Uh, I guess we'll start with Verlander and the Astros getting an extension done. I think... I mean, when I saw that, I was just so excited. You know, I, like I know he's he's 36 or whatever, but I don't think he's falling off anytime soon, man. I, I can see how happy Cam is. So now we got Verlander. He was already locked up for this year. They gave him a two-year extension. So it looks like he'll be an Astro for the next three years. He'll basically finish up his 30s in an Astros uniform. Cam, you got to be excited, right? I mean, I'm excited, but... Dear God, the money. Yeah. I mean, $66 million for two years for a guy who, like you just said, is 36, 37. Honestly, I, when I heard that, I, I was like, dude, I think you could have gotten him for half that. Really? I mean, it, it, it's, it sounds like Verlander doesn't want to go anywhere else. He, you know, he's, he's, he's already been on two or three teams. It sounds like he wants to end his career here. I, just, I think you could have gotten him for, you know, maybe $20 million a year, but $33 million for a dude that age, it just... But it's baseball. I mean, we, we see this. Look, Mike Trout just got freaking $400 million. I mean, you can do that in baseball and, and get away with it. But, whew, Verlander's a... 
Man, that dude right there is living life. He is. My only worry would, you know, maybe he'd want to go to the Dodgers or something like that just to be in L.A., you know. But, yeah, I mean, just saying. He always talked about wanting to hit, too, being in the National League. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But we don't have to worry about that. He's an Astro. And then last year, if you're worried about him falling off, he was 16-9, and a 2.52 ERA, 290 strikeouts. So, is that good? That's oh, pretty good. Yeah. And not just to mention, whenever you go into these game sevens or you these one game uh, win or go home situations, when you got Verlander taking the mound, you go up there confident. Yeah, I'm buying better beer for those nights. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what you're getting out of him, and and the dude has a rubber arm. Like he he doesn't like his his speed picks up as he pitches, which is just incredible for somebody that age. But I guess the feel good for me is is they took care of, you know, Bregman. Now they're taking care of Verlander. It seems like Garrett Cole is probably gonna be gonna be next because I he, hope. he's the next one in the rotation whose whose contract is coming up to an end. I think he's got like one more year with us. Yes, yeah, this, this is last year with the Astros. But it sounds like, you know, it sounds like they're not messing around. They're they're locking up the team that, you know, kind of took him to the World Series. So I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Cole gets a big contract too. And they've reported that they were they were in discussions, but then I think I saw Garrett Cole come out and say, no, that's not really true. There's there's no deal in the works at, right now. And he's got Scott Boris as his agent. We know how that goes. Like, Game. yeah, they, they yeah. yeah, they're going to squeeze every penny out of the Astros. But I think they got to get him locked up, man. Like, he's your future. You know, he's young. He throws 100 miles an hour. They got to get him under contract. Also included in the contract, a few more years of glorious pictures of Kate Upton come with the contract. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. The the city of Houston appreciates that. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're glad to have Kate Upton. It, it gives us a little bit of star power. So yeah, we'll take yeah, that. yeah, for real. We're not used to that around here. No. We're not used to that around here. We're really not. So and yeah, closest since, we got to that is uh, Harden with the Kardashians. <laughs> that's true. And we know how that season went. That did not go well. So we'll they can have the Kardashians. We'll just keep you know Justin and Kate. We'll, we'll roll with that. And yeah, we it. I guess it happened during the week. We didn't talk about the Bregman deal. So that's awesome. Bregman locked up, $100 million bucks. Don't have to worry about him. His contract runs through when Altuve's contract ends. So you know you're going to have those two guys for the foreseeable future. Now you got Justin Verlander locked down. I like what the Astros are doing, man. And let's, So we like what they're doing. What about what the Texans are doing or not doing here in this free agency period? I'm, Yeah. You know, I've been trying to kind of give them a pass and kind of wait and see what the plan is and it's been very underwhelming to say the least I, you can't really love what they're doing that you know the Roby signing and and now they they get a tackle they get Khalil so I, I don't know what do you think about this guys it's kind of a band-aid kind of deal getting Khalil he he didn't play last year it looks like he he, he hurt his knee like in, in early September before the season even started so he's coming off a, a knee injury I was listening to John McClain the other day, and he's saying he must have passed his physical if he was if he signed the contract. So that makes us think hopefully the knee is is getting back to being healthy. What do we think of the signing here, guys? I'm seeing, I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a, these one year deals. Yep. Check guys that had a, a, a good year a long time ago. Yes. Check. <laughs> Khalil was the fourth overall pick in 2012 by Minnesota. He started every game four of his five seasons, missed 14 games in 2016 with a hip injury. Then they signed a five-year, $55 million contract with the Panthers in 2017. Then the injury happened. But 
some people are saying he might not even be on the roster come yeah come opening a day uh a week one. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't. I don't know what they're doing at this point. I don't know what they're doing. Don't get me wrong, though. I already said that there was only a few players we spoke about it that I would have really just opened the bank for. Just, yeah. here, here's the billfold. Take it. Once you lost out on that window, then I don't want you to make a mistake that's going to hurt you for an extended amount of years, which I like that it's one year. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Right now, let's do this, and we'll see where we go from now. But what's to say if, if they're in a one-year prove-it-to-me and they do prove it that that player's not going to walk anyways? Yeah. Like, the, his one-year prove-it deal doesn't come with a, with a hey, and if I do good, or do you pinky promise that we're gonna <laughs> that you're going to sign me again? And yeah. yeah, do you pinky promise you're not going to leave? Cool. And that's how they left. No, it doesn't work like that. Nope. It doesn't. And it's a gamble. You're taking a gamble on a on a team that has holes. They're trying to fill them, but they're they're plugging them. They're plugging them with bubble gum. They're they plugging are. these holes with bubble gum, and they're holding them with a thumb. And eventually, that thumb moves, and you're going to get a leak. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- yeah these one year players, they're using you just as much as you're using them. I mean, as much yeah. as we want to think Tyron Matthew wanted to stay here, I mean, the dude did exactly. He he one night standed you. I mean, you <laughs> sign these guys to one years, you're basically telling them that you're not committed to them so why the hell are they going to commit to you and if a team offers a little bit more money they're going to go to for me it seems like they're trying to pull like a little bit of a a new england thing you know it oh if you want to get paid you know if if we don't see your value at this amount we're just going to let you walk and we're going to plug in a little you you know a little random player for your position the only problem is is they're not new england and they're not bill belichick and they're not tom brady so this whole we're going to let you go if you if you're not you know down with the with the game plan, the organization, or you know, you want a contract extension, or these big numbers, well, you know, kiss our tush. But that's the but that's the problem. It's the Texans doing it. Yeah, it. What bothers me is they're going to be in the exact same spot next year. You know, like if you're signing all these guys to one year deals, then you're going to be in the same situation next year. Like, how and why are, the hell yeah. do they keep signing tight ends? I mean, <laughs> Jesus, cr- you know, <laughs> yeah. what do we have like five on the roster now. Like, I thought we were set with our tight ends. And then they go and sign Fells, and I'm just like, I, I what, what, what? None of this makes sense. Like, you're not addressing your 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 biggest holes, but but you're you you're gonna start seven tight ends. Like, what what is what's going on? That's how you address upgrading your team is to take all the guys the Bills and the Browns don't want and put them on your team. That, that that's how you're gonna build a great roster. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried. What this move does tell me is, and I did drop my new mock draft this week, 2.0 on Sports Map. If you want to go check that out, uh, it, it's up. It's still there under editor's picks. And and I changed it up this week. I had given them Greedy Williams, a cornerback, in my first mock. And he's, he was still available when I, I mocked it out for this mock 2.0. But I, I went a different route. I, I picked an offensive lineman for him this time just because, I, you know, after free agency passed, I was like, well, I guess they're just – not going to get a, a great tackle. You know, you're going to have to worry about the guy. So, you know, so they have Khalil now, but so I think they're going to draft a guy and there's a good chance that whoever they draft is going to be better than Khalil. So, and I think they have, I think they've painted themselves into a corner where they have to take a tackle now, even if they have to reach, I think they got to do it. They put all their eggs in the draft. Yeah. And, and this is the thing we we've seen that and granted it was, it was with um, Rick Smith and now it's Brian Gaines. We haven't seen. We've only seen Brian Gaines really one full draft, so we don't really know what to expect out of him. But yeah, I mean, they're putting all their apples into the draft, and we know how inconsistent this team can be with drafting. So I don't. I don't see a playoff team, to be honest. Yeah, their schedule is going to be tough too because they won the division, so they're going to have a first place schedule. 
And, man, it's going to be rough. Rough division. Let's go over the Colts real quick. Yeah. Then, because we have a team that we knew they had over $100 million And that, that yeah. was the talk of all this. Like, what are the Colts doing? They have all this money. When are they going to make a move? Well, their moves have been strategic. They were tied to people like Le'Veon Bell for a while. And you start speculating, what if Le'Veon Bell went back there with luck? Would that be a great thing? Well, obviously, they didn't think so much of that. They saved some money. They uh, were tied to trade flowers for a while. Nothing. And then they make some moves. They pick up Funches. We, t- we spoke about it a little bit last week. A target. Yeah. A target. target. A kind of a prove-me deal as well. Target. Some people are saying it's overpaid, but you need that. Imagine you already had Ebron. You, you have two tight ends on that. On that. You have... Hilton the burner, and now you got a big, tall, tight end, uh, uh, a receiver that you can hit in the red zone. Awesome. But what sticks out here is the Kansas City's Houston. Yeah, Justin Houston. Now, that's a good move. I mean, this is a great move. Yeah. This is a great move for a team that already had a – I like their defense. You know what I mean? And it's just not – it's not that they are great in any spots. Oh, don't get me wrong, rookie of the year. Sure. But this is what they needed, another edge rusher, uh, yeah. uh, experience. Now, he's going to have to get uh, used to I believe they run a 4-3. Mm-hmm. He'll have to get used to that. But I think it's a wonderful sign. Yeah. I mean, on third down, you're just going to have him put his hand in the dirt and go after the quarterback anyway, and that's what he's good at. So that makes a lot of sense for them. And then I heard some people like, man, what about the Texans? Do you even think it crossed their mind, like maybe let – Whitney Merciless go and the Texans could have gone after Justin Houston. Like, I wouldn't have hated that. I mean, they're too loyal. Yeah. They're too loyal. They they, they really are. And we'll see if it works out. And and I've heard some things about Whitney that that he was used in a manner last year that it made his stats look worse than he really played. So we'll see if that's actually true this year. And, you know, if he's still on the roster, we'll find that out. But I don't know. I, I think having pass rushers, that's a good thing. So. Yeah, the Colts get another upgrade there. They now it's the Texans and the Colts have the most cap space in the NFL right now. And yeah, leave, even though they made these moves, which were perfect for their team, it might not be the big move you wanted to see. But maybe they felt that was overpaying. It left them with seventy-seven million still yeah. in cap. Justin Houston, I believe, twelve million. That's a steal for him if yeah. he could pan out to be the guy that uh, I think it was two thousand twelve or thirteen or something like that, where he went off. Uh, it's just. They got better. At yeah. the end of the day, they got better, and you let's not say you got worse, but you didn't get better yourself being the Houston Texans. Now, as far as the 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 Colts, where they are, the ground game was 20th in the league last year. Their pass defense was ranked 16th. Now, I, I, I don't know. I just... They got four picks in top, top uh, inside the top 100 this year. Yeah, and they... Did you see how well they drafted last year? They might do it again. Nine picks overall in this upcoming draft. Imagine that. A team with that much cap, that much, uh, that, that many draft picks coming up, and a team that really doesn't have that many holes. Questions last year going into the season, it all revolved around Andrew Luck. I think he answered that. Yeah, he, he looked great. He's back to being Andrew Luck, and that's a problem for Texans fans, man. He, he came in here and just took care of business like it was nothing last year. The whole division's getting stronger. You got Nick... The Super Bowl MVP foes, and you got uh, Ryan Tannehill on the Titans. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what happens here. But I can't exp- go into the season. I mean, unless they, they go crazy in this draft and do some things that, that we don't expect. But where they're at, sitting at as far as draft position, you you got to 
you got an idea of where they they might spread their hand, and hopefully yeah. it's in uh, it fills a spot that we need. But it, most people go into this. I mean, it's, it's just tough. It's tough. It hurts. It hurts to see other teams improving within the division and still having all this salary cap money, and you're just still sitting there uh, talking about Khalil. Yeah, not, and not the good of the brothers. Give yeah. us. The, I mean, if we had the better of the brother, which retired, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's when I when I read it first. That's Ryan what I Khalil, yeah, Ryan he's, he Khalil. Was I was like, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Khalil. He was a. But what about him? <laughs> he's retired, so he's not an option for us. And I thought Lance made a good point the other day that the Texans are kind of sitting ducks in the draft, right? Like every team knows that they need a corner and a tackle. So if anybody else needs a corner and a tackle, they know exactly what team they have to jump in front of in the draft to to snatch their player they want. So they've really kind of hand, handcuffed themselves a bit. Don't handcuff yourself with just two segments. We got way more much fun to have on this show. We got bets. We got free agency. We got Holly coming on talking about free agency winners and losers. And it's going to have a little special twist to it. If you know Holly, it's going to be fun. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. Now, I like dollars, I like diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals. Where's my pen? This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Josh Jordan, Can't Clutch City Cam, our man Hector, the man Jerry Bow knows. Holly coming on in the next segment. Be sure to to put some time aside because she's going to go off. We've been talking, uh, building up this segment for the last few days, and she has a lot of winners, a lot of losers, and you might be surprised where she's going to pick the biggest losers from. Yeah, that's not going to be a surprise at all. We we know where her loyalty (laughs) and her hate, where it lies, that's for sure. 713-780-3776. Come on, get in on the show, or you could text us if you want to hear these beautiful voices. On a on a Sunday morning, if you don't want to make contact with us, excuse me, you're hearing this right now. But listening to us and wanting to get in on the HRMP listener line, we have Michael on the line. You're on Money Line. What's going on, Michael? How's it going, boys? Uh, great show. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I was listening to RJ's podcast, his uh, college basketball one, and Fezzik had a live betting angle I wanted to get your feedback on. He said, look for games that are blowouts where teams are up by about 18 points with eight minutes left and then hit the live bet under. Want to get your thoughts on it? And then, Jerry, do you have any other situational live bets that you play? All right. Well, as far as that, I see his his thinking about it, and it makes sense. Once a team is up by so much, uh, for example, and, and I fell victim to it, but we're going to use that. Yesterday I made a live bet on Florida State when they were starting to blow them out. And I uh, I hit the team total first half, but at the same time, instead of taking the team total for the second half or, or for the whole game, I ended up saying, let's go over 166. They ended up blowing them out. Towards the end of that game, the the possessions were minimized. Once Florida State's up by so X amount of points and they know there's eight minutes left, they know, man, we only got to come up with a few stops if we could just drain this clock out. 
And that's what they were doing. They were taking shots within five seconds left on the shot clock. They slowed it down, and they, uh, th- that's how the game was dictated. That's how we lost our bet. So I see us thinking there just with these 18-point spreads, man, it's, it, I could see his thinking as far as in general, but as far as this tournament, how many times have we seen with, he says eight minutes, okay, well, what happens at three minutes when they're to blow out and these guys take out the starters so they can get uh, five minutes, or, or I'm sorry, uh, a standing ovation for their seniors, and, and they get the hand clap and everybody's crying over there, and, and, and you saw that yesterday, and and then all of a sudden, the basketball game's still going on. They took out those seniors. You got dudes that are never... I saw that in a U of H game when I had U of H, and all of a sudden, I saw this little blonde hair guy with long hair. I'm like, who is that? Whose little brother is that? So whenever you play these big spreads and the team's won, say you're up by 20, two and a half, three minutes left, you have a few seniors, you're about to go to the Sweet 16, you're a coach, you want them to get a standing ovation from the crowd, you take them off the court, now you're just playing, it's a crapshoot for two and a half minutes. His thought is right, yeah, for the three minutes, but I, I don't get me wrong, I like it, but uh, it's a crapshoot. Usually when you get these backups, though, he's not telling you take a side, which makes sense. If you take a side, like uh, it could go any which way. If you're taking the total with these backups, it's usually more that these backers are going to go in there and try to jack up a bad shot. And that's what usually you'll see. That guy that's like, man, I'm a senior. I'm, I need to tell my grandkids one day that I scored a three-pointer in this mm-hmm. March Madness. So here goes this three, and he shoots a three, and you're getting bad shots. But at the same time, you get bad defense. It's a it's a crapshoot in these 18-point games. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, like, it's the same thing as betting. It's, it'd be like betting a football game in a in a 14-point spread in a go-home. Or it's like the team up by 14, obviously. It's just like what you do in football. They're going to slow the game down. They're up two possessions. That fourth quarter is going to slow down, obviously. But then you got one team playing out of element, and they're going to play fast. They're going to play fast. Same thing in basketball. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing with these live betting things is, is you have to be real careful because the, the second half is a lot safer. You know, it's, it's a safety net. The pace slows down. The teams have kind of figured each other out. You can kind of predict what's going to happen. And you don't see so many, you know, hot streaks as compared to the first half where teams are getting used to each other. They're not playing, you know, at the tempo that they normally do. And you see these longer streaks, you know, like a 15 to five run, a 16 to five run. And I'm going to use my boy Bobby as an example. Last week we were watching the TSU game and, uh, you know, he was trying to live bet, you know, the, the over, the under on the first half. And he went the over because TSU had a hot route. You know, they scored 15 points in the first two minutes. And I told him, well, listen, Prairie View is going to figure it out. You know, TSU is not going to stay this hot. And sure enough, TSU wound up going on a cold streak and only finished with like 40 points in the first half because that's where you see most of these streaks as the beginning of the game. And you, you think that a team is going to keep up that pace and they're really not. So that's why that live betting is a lot easier to do in the second half. Look to where a team's going to get comfortable. For example, Florida State, in that game, they were so comfortable on both ends of the floor that they knew, hey, we could speed it up. Let's get comfortable. Let's get to a lead. And then we can slow it down whenever we feel necessary. Whenever you have a team that's that dominant and they know that they get, get they can they can dictate that game, then that's dangerous. And it's hard to get a uh, custom to, hey, this they started off fast. Let's ride it that way. That's why a lot of people might think, man, I know what you're doing, Jerry. You're just taking these team totals out because they come out and score real fast before that first time outbreak. No, that's not it. I'm looking at how the guard play is. Can If they come out and playing defense, or, or is the defense falling back into a half-court set? Or are they making them uh, go into the play quicker? Is the, is the guard coming up and waiting a few seconds before he gets into the play? Or is he coming up and the screen's already to- set at the top of the key and they're rolling? You saw that last night in Kansas and Auburn, and everybody saw that. I posted a, uh, we called it the double biscuit 
Buster Max because I said I'm going to drop two max bets on this game. And what did we do? We they, they told me 69 points between those two teams. Auburn, the way they're busting, those two guards were killing on threes. It was it was over. It, that game was in the pocket before you even knew it. We had the halftime bets covered. We had Auburn up by 20 points, and they only needed minimal points in the second half. We clean slate. You got to look at w- how are these games going to play? Uh, can can the guards keep, get flustered if the other team decides to press? Is the guard going to fluster, or can he dribble his way out of it? Today we have a prime example in one game, and I'm going to give that out after we get uh, – we have Exo Holly coming on first, and then after that segment, I'm going to give you some picks. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we're getting some calls. I'm sorry. We we're, getting, yeah, we're getting some calls. We'll get to those also as well. So let's uh, let's get to Holly. Let's get these the free agency going, and then we'll get back to basketball. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. Is money live on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie, live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Win, 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 and that's what we're about to do here on Moneyline. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six at Josh Jordan ninety seven five at Clutch City Cam at Jerry Bow knows. Adexo Holly is on the line, and she's about to spit out some free agency winners and losers. What's going on, Holly? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Hopefully everybody Ubered to the right home last night. <laughs> that was a one-time thing, woman. <laughs> <laughs> so for your listeners out there that don't know what they're talking about, supposedly uh, uh, the Uber driver... I don't know if it's the Uber driver's fault or is it my main cam, but somehow he got dropped off at the wrong it's house. Holly's fault. She gave me the wrong address. <laughs> so it's Holly's oh. fault giving out wrong addresses, catfishing in a way. That's two catfishes in in in, in, in two weeks. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But uh, let's get into some serious <laughs> no, talk it's, here. It's accurate. <laughs> let's get into some serious talk. We didn't have it last week. A lot has happened since then. We were last time we spoke to you. We were cracking on Antonio Brown's mustache. We were we we didn't we weren't even talking about Beckham to be honest. And we'll get into that right after this. But I I, I know you have some winners and losers after all this free agency talk. So let's get it popping. What you got? I do. It's still been a little slow. We haven't really have any had any like more huge signings this week. But let's start with Green Bay. This one's kind of under the radar, and it's not getting as much attention as it needs. Adrian Amos, signing with Green Bay was one of my absolute favorite moves, but doesn't get enough praise. Amos is definitely a good fit for Green Bay. He's young and healthy. He started 56 out of 60 games in Chicago. He was also ranked the second-best safety in the league last year by PFS. He finished 2018 with 73 tackles, one sack, nine pass deflections, and two interceptions. A nice improvement from the previous season. So far, he has only continued to improve those stats. But Amos' strength, he's a reliable in-the-box defender who dominates against the run. Not saying he doesn't have some things he needs to work on, but so do the Packers. 
Offenses love attacking weak safeties. Not to say I don't care for Clinton Dix, but let's just say that this move is a big win for the pack. Amos will be able to help out on some of their prior weaknesses. Weaknesses, we also. say. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but weaknesses, <laughs> just to, 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 to elaborate on what you're touching on, they allowed the 10th most passing yards, the second or third most passing touchdowns, 30, only trailing Houston Texans. Actually, they were tied with 30 with the Houston Texans. Only the Giants gave up more passing touchdowns. Let's Give us some more. <laughs> okay, and uh, my second favorite here is I'm trying not to be a homer, but I really like Darby back on the one year. He snooze you lose Houston and Deshaun Jackson back to Philly. This gives the Eagles a smart vet to help their young new corners, and on the flip side, it stacks more weapons for Wentz. The Eagles finally have a receiver to stretch the field. Hashtag blessings. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. It's up and down on both of those signings. I like it. I mean, I think Deshaun Jackson comes in, and he, like you said, he stretches the field. And remember, they had Torrey Smith a couple of years ago, and, and he did a good job of doing that for him, and they've been kind of searching for that since he left. So I think that's a good signing. I, I like Deshaun Jackson. I I would kind of like the Texans to have gone after him, if you want to know the truth. You know, you don't know what you're going to get with Will Fuller and his health. So I like that move. And the Darby move, I like that one too, Holly. I thought he'd be a good fit for the Texans as well. Um but they didn't do it. So in the Eagles, we know this. You guys need some help in the secondary. So I think it's a good move for you guys. And also, okay, but also Jackson is he wants to be he wants to be uh, in that team or whatever. So if you get a player that wants to be on your team, right? And sure. he's going to show out for sure. Exactly. And when you look at Jackson from an overall standpoint, he's an eighteen point nine yards per reception guy. Okay, so. If you can get back to that, because we saw what he showed whenever he played with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He loved Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That, he was letting him borrow his chains. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when if he can get that long ball thrown to him, he, he he's the most dangerous weapon. No doubt about it. Even though he's a little older, he can well, still run. Well, guys, wait, 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 though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There were some major losers in free agency that we have to bash on real quick, too, before you guys let me go. Ooh, all right. What, what you got? <laughs> So who has the worst free agency? How about the entire AFC South? The Titans, Tannehill, really? Wow, way to go all out there. Don't hurt yourself. Oh, wait, that's Mariota, who lives on the bench with paper cuts. So have fun with your new franchise quarterback. But who sits? Who just sits at home and does nothing besides the Texans? The Colts. Way to bomb again. I heard you guys talking a little bit about this earlier, but I'm going to disagree. They literally signed no one worth the crap. And he'll have the most cap space. You build your O-line for what? You could have had Le'Veon Bell and still had enough cap money to donate to charity. Oh, but way to enjoy that wide receiver threat, Funches. Thank goodness the Texans had such an amazing secondary free agency signing. And the Jags? These guys paid $88 million to my quarterback. And I say my quarterback because he's Philly forever. I love Foles, but unfortunately Foles only loves Philly. With the Rams, Foles completed seven touchdowns and ten interceptions. But you probably didn't even know that because he was invisible or on the ground. With the Chiefs, 400 yards, three touchdowns. With Philly in 2013, uh, 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. In 2018 with Philly, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, Holly laid it out right there. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) So, and we could touch on the New York Giants if you guys wanted, 
Um, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You, you sold out one of the best wide receivers in the league for two picks and a garbage safety. I don't really know that adding Golden Tate is supposed to hype them up. But, I mean, whatever floats your boat over there. Yeah. But he's a former Eagle. Yeah, he's a <laughs> homie team hopper. He was I mean, he was staying in Airbnb. That's how, how how little of a time he was there. That man ain't no eagle. Uh, no, but let me get let me let me ask you about this going forward in your division. Where do you see things going? Because I know the Cowboys didn't make too many moves. They signed Randall Cobb. This this I mean they're trying to build an old school team uh, with old school names. Witten Cobb. We have some we have some fantasy standouts to pick from that team. But overall, being in that division. How do you see it now that the the Giants are going one way, the Cowboys have stayed, uh, seems put? And and I got a theory about why the Cowboys are doing that, and I'll talk about it maybe next segment. But uh, where do you see the Eagles as far as going into this season season compared to where they were going in last season? And I know the draft is coming up, but as far as just free agency. I honestly, when you look at this division and just, just by looking at free agency alone, the New York Giants have crumbled. The Redskins, they did get Landon Collins, but they also picked up Case Keenum and Flowers. Like, really? You, you just threw away $4 million. I know it's not much, but you threw it away. Dallas, their, their IR room, it's the, ger- the geriatric version. I'm not really, I guess if there's any competition, it's going to be from Dallas, but I still have to think that Philly's going to dominate this. You, just, you, can't, you look at the paper on it, and you can't, uh, you can't disagree. Philly obviously looks like the best team out of the division so far. Doesn't uh, Washington seem like some tryhards now that she makes it like that? It's like, what did y'all do this offseason? Y'all tried hard to, to make <laughs> things happen. You set the market exactly. for Landon Collins, and, and, it, and it crumbled everything behind it. It's your fault that all these uh, safeties thought that they were going to get paid X amount of dollars. It's your fault for paying him that. And then, like you said, then you bring in Case Keenum like, yeah. Uh, what are you doing bringing in the chaperone? Like, he's the chaperone that you don't want at your party. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. don't ill will Case Keenum like that. That man is God. He's a well, and, treasure. Well, and it's so funny because last season, I'm a, you know me, I'm trying not to be a hater, but I was like, you know what? Besides, if you take away all the injuries, the Redskins didn't look that bad. They actually had some potential. And now I feel like with what they've done, besides getting Landon Collins, that was a steal, okay? That was a key move. I mean, they paid him a lot of money, but it's Landon Collins. It, I think that that's great. But everything else they've done, it, like you guys said, I, I kind of feel like they just kind of took a step backwards. What about the, the AP signing? The AP sign. I'm okay with that. But I don't think he has much. I, I know he's in great shape, great athlete, but there's going to be a time when he's going to have to hang the cleats up. Yeah, so. and I saw a report the other day that like Jay Gruden wasn't even really a part of the free agent process. Whoa. Like he was let know about the Landon Collins signing <laughs> instead of being like a part of getting him signed. He takes him, hey coach. Imagine yeah. that. He doesn't yeah. even have the number saved. Yes. He's like, hey coach. He's he saw like, it on the Twitter. This? Meet your new safety. What? Who? He, what? He's he blocks, all he blocks in. Like, he's over there with Bill Belichick <laughs> on a beach somewhere, and he gets an update. And he's like, oh. Well, hot dang. We just uh, picked up Landon Collins. Look at there. Yeah, I think you Jay Gruden it. saw it on Twitter. Yeah, he learned it through Adam Scheffler. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. And that's, that just like, tells signed anybody, Adam? That's interesting. I mean, I, I think he's just kind of going to babysit that team for this year, and then he'll be gone. You know, I, I, I think they're going to be moving on from Jay Gruden. Yeah. I mean, and this might well. be a simple answer, but who, which one of the Grudens would you rather have? Because Chucky ain't too much better to me, man. Like, I'd rather have Chucky in the booth. 
Yeah, they've actually made some good free agent signings. I think you know, it's more Joiner and, and Brown. It, it, it seems like it was part of the plan. Don't get me wrong. Midseason, we were laughing. Yeah. We were laughing. We were saying, how do you get rid of Amari Cooper? And then Cooper goes over there and does that. How do you get rid of Khalil Mack? Which it's still tough. I mean, you don't. You don't get Khalil Max every day in drafts. Um, you can have all the draft picks in the world. It's still not going to guarantee you you're going to get Khalil Mack. He's a one a, yeah one in a lifetime kind of guy you see, or one in a decade kind of guy you'll see. Let's say you don't see guys like him. Can they uh, come out on top after all this? That is yet to see. Are they trying though? Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to give themselves an identity. And going into Vegas, you'll need that. I just don't know if if Brown is the guy that because it seems like he's going to be the face of that. He is. And well, y'all know I don't like John Gruden at all. I don't care for John Gruden. I don't care what he's doing. Like when I when I heard the Raiders had picked him up and signed him for that long contract, the first thing that came, I was in a bar with uh, OJ, Rachel. They used to work with us, and no, we were both like we almost spit our drink out. I was like, ew, I'm not. I'm not a fan of him. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Grudens. I I got to go yeah. with that. It, yeah, and I think he's going to be out of there in Washington as far as Jay. But that's good for your Eagles. And I think just to kind of put a bow on it with, with that division, I think it's really all on you know Carson Wentz staying healthy this year, Holly. I think I think that's what you guys have to get this year. If he's healthy, probably win the division. Probably have a good year. If not, you know you don't have Nick Foles. For if not, we, you know what we always have to look forward to in Philadelphia. I know this is bad, but there is one more year left on Jalen Mills' rookie contract. So no matter how the season goes, I always have next season to be happy. (laughs) There you have it. All All right, right. Holly, before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social. You guys can find me on Twitter at XOHolly. And then, of course, SportsMap. I also did more gradings and ratings on free agency. So there's an article on there as well. Make sure you go over to SportsMap and check out all of Holly's work. It's fantastic. And if you know her work, and, and it's it's creative. Get us, make sure you follow her on Twitter. She's a great follow. She sure is a gym, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> all right. It looks, Thanks, like we have, it looks like we have Blitzer Jesse on the line, and he wants to talk U of H. We'll come back after the after – we'll take this break, and we'll come back to start the next hour with that. All you people wanting to get this big play – my big play of the day is on that game. When we get back, we'll get into that. It's Money Line on ESPN 97.5. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. <laughs> 